Welcome to the Ramblings of Beef and Slim, your weekly companion to help you unpack the Catholic Mass readings and discuss how the Word helps you know your God. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Very Good Web Solutions with their innovative design and top-tier customer service. Very Good is leading the charge on website design. Go to VeryGoodWebSolutions.com today to see their prices and products. Welcome back to another (laughs) podcast of the Ramblings of Beef and Slim. My name is Slim, also known as Kyle Cuckleman. I'm Father Adam, a.k.a. Beef. And I'm Kevin, apostrophe in. Just kidding. It's ampersand because I have dignity. Apostrophe in. That's debatable. (laughs) Dignity or... or yeah, <laughs> I would have forgotten that, but we listened to the podcast uh, on the way home from Minnesota on Friday night. It was the first time I've ever listened to myself. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was. I really hate hearing my own voice. Oh, I despise it. It's it's the worst. I didn't recognize myself because my voice sounds so different. And I can I'm make it worse it. if you want me to. I, can I would make, love it. Can I would love to sure? sound worse. Can it really make him sound worse? Okay, go. I could make me sound worse. Oh, yeah. You definitely <laughs> got super girly. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank yeah. you. I am the girl voice of reason this week because <laughs> we couldn't recruit someone else to do it. Uh, guys, it feels like, I guess we it's been a while since the, we've actually been together and recorded. We put out some podcasts, which has been good, but we, the three of us, haven't been together. Three weeks? Three or four. Something like it's that. It's been a while. Well, it was it right has. after convocation. I was gone for two weeks. Yeah, three weeks. How was convocation? Mm-hmm. Convocation. Oh, yeah, that was what we did. Yeah, my bad. Ago. Yeah, but I was on a vacation this last week. Were you? Where'd you Ooh, go? Fancy. Went to La Crosse, Wisconsin. It was our annual oh the guys uh, trip reunion for seminarians. I guess everything mm. you do with priests is guys trips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> guys. That guys. one awkward lady shows up. I don't think I belong here. <laughs> and we, we kick her out. <laughs> but oh, it was the, awesome. It this was is not the right place. <laughs> Twelve hundred miles on my motorcycle. Whoa! It was awesome. Wow! It was pretty cool. On the new one too. On the the big one. fat yeah. fat guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Does it, it was ride smooth? Awesome. She yeah. ran awesome. It was beautiful out there, too. We were in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, I'm, I'm longing for that nice fall weather. Yeah. I'm not. It was nice and cool up there, at least for a couple of days. And then I did stop and take off my jacket today to get up here. It's 80 degrees outside. It is almost November. So you were like a sweaty boy today on the bike. A little bit. Well, I took off the jacket pretty early. Okay. And there's cool little ways that I can turn and get more air blowing on me. It's ironic that we two, I don't think ironic is the right word. It's interesting how we two grow a winter lair with our beards. Yeah, I'm very excited for mine to come in. But I lost a bet to a teenager, and the original bet was if he comes eight weeks in a row, he gets to shave my head. But my wife said, nope. (laughs) So instead, he gets to shave my beard. Mm. And he came eight weeks in a row, nine weeks, ten weeks, actually. So he's going to shave my beard into funny patterns. He gets three different chances, one at the beginning, middle, and the end of the night Wow! in front of all the teens. So we'll see what happens. That's super cool. Yeah. I would look like a teen, so I can't make that bet. Yeah, I'm giving him my beard trimmer, so it doesn't like go real. You know, it doesn't go like... Yeah, you don't want to have a real blade. No, you should I give him a straight him razor. <laughs> he might accidentally murder you. <laughs> Let me just get your jugular. <laughs> Uh, I don't have that much confidence in my teenagers. I definitely wouldn't. But if he had missed just one, this kid has like really long, gorgeous hair. He's like Matthew McConaughey pretty. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you guys have man crushes. Don't make it awkward. Nope. <laughs> nope. I don't. I'm so, those, what is this? Your sort, man crush? Looks. I've never heard of such a thing. Judging looks with our silence. Um, anywho, he's got really long hair, and I was super excited to shave just a patch right down the middle. 
but he showed up every week. Mm-hmm. Which excited for him and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jesus. Jesus, you're doing your job. Yeah, heaven forbid. <laughs> <laughs> well, heaven does bid it. Yeah, he does bid. <laughs> he does not. That sounded way awkwarder than I intended. That was worse. <laughs> <laughs> Awkwardlier. Awkward. More awkward. Uh, you have an Apple TV here. No, I don't. Are you sure? It's somewhere in the, one of the classrooms. Just cast up to I it. I kind of want to. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Oh, and now it's looking for an Apple TV. It doesn't really. No. What a bummer. Oh, I can't find them. <laughs> but it looked like I could turn it on. We're uh, on location here at St. Mike's. No, you can't tell them where we are. What if they're listening? Now they're going to know I try to take over their TV. Oh, God. I'm pretty sure no <laughs> one here is listening. I still am the worst evangelist at our own podcast. <laughs> I've actually had three different people over the past week or two uh, send me compliments about our podcast. Yes, fa- father. Yes, <laughs> he, he raised, raised his hand. hand. His hand is up. He was. He snapped. If you heard that faint <laughs> clicking noise, it was him snapping in enthusiasm. Was uh, that what you did when you were in school? Yeah, I know the answer. I think he's about to tell <laughs> us that he is one of the people who complimented us. No, yeah. I would never do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I never rose my hand to know an answer either. Um, no, one of the priests, Father Matthew Jameson, I had to give him a shout out because he said he listens faithfully and he appreciates our podcast. I don't know who he is. He's a priest of Chicago. What? Somebody in Chicago listens to us? Yeah. That's exciting. It is. I didn't think that I another feel like priest we're would like, listen to us. We're like in the big city now. I apologize. We are. It's a big city. I did apologize to him for yeah, that's probably good. a lot of our stuff. Yeah, but he just knocked it off. No, he didn't say anything about you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, okay, so funny story. I'm doing uh, uh, writing a talk for this coming Sunday's youth group, and it's about Nehemiah. Ooh. And do you remember when I first tried to pronounce that word? Nehemiah. Nehemiah. I couldn't pronounce it. Anyway, now I'm excited about that it. That was the first or second name that you butchered. Yeah, that I got it, Father Matthew Nagel. Matthew Nagel called me out on it. Be real bad. Yeah. Um, okay. So speaking of readings and things about Jesus, oh. should we talk about Jesus? Oh, this is kind of fun. Not talking about anything. We should just ramble one of these, not at all about the. We really. Uh, what was the one we wanted to do that? It wasn't on. Uh, maybe that was a me thought that I thought I said out loud. That probably happens a lot. I, <laughs> I really wanted us to have one on the Star Wars movie, a podcast. Mm, just a special on, midweek release. Yeah. Just on. Do you is follow Star Wars? A little bit. Is there a Star Wars coming out now? Uh, I don't know. I just love Star Wars. I watched it three times. Which one? The There's newest a lot one. of them. The oh. newest one. Is I it think out now on DVD? Yes. Oh. Hmm. Now, I did go see it opening night at midnight. So My wife took me, uh, not opening night, but when it was still in theaters, and she told me, you know when the uh, Millennium Falcon first shows, I started jumping up and down and going insane. Yeah, I was one of those guys in the crowd. Mm. Were you dressed up, though? No, I wasn't. So you should have gone the first night of midnight, because I was one of the weirdos that only had a Star Wars t-shirt on. Oh. So you you only wore a t-shirt? I was a weirdo. Did they even let you in without pants? (laughs) (laughs) You're a priest. That's impressive. Are you a dad? (laughs) It's a real bad dad dad joke. No shoes? Are you kidding me? (laughs) Just... Just wait, comp. Soon, I'm going to be the only one. No, I'm not making any announcement. I want to make that clear. I'm not <laughs> making any announcement. But eventually, on this podcast, I will be the only one that doesn't have terrible dad jokes. I'm. We are not pregnant. I want everyone. <laughs> I just said that. I just said I'm not I, announcing. I anything. know, but you were not very clear. Okay. There is no <laughs> announcement. We are not pregnant. We too are also not pregnant. I can guarantee that as a fact. 
I'm also not pregnant. That's good. <laughs> Winning. Wait, if we're it, telling Star Wars stories, yes. I went to see one in eighth grade, and we got there, and we were the only ones in the theater without a lightsaber. <laughs> so my friend's dad ran across the street to Walmart, because you know it's the only thing open in a small town at midnight, and bought us lightsabers, and so every battle we got to go... That's awesome. With like a hundred other people in the theater, because once again, small town. Super glad that they didn't have lightsabers at this one. At least if they were busting out, they may have had them. I guarantee you they had them. I'm sure, yeah. It was awesome. All right, so the first reading is from Wisdom, chapter 11, verses 22 through 12 to. The second reading is, uh-oh, my mouse isn't working. Second Thessalonians, chapter 1, 11 through 2. Oh, that's two in a row that are multi-chapters. Second Thessalonians 1, starting at 11, goes through 2, 2. And then the gospel is Luke 19, 1 through 10. And we're going to start <laughs> right in Wisdom. Wait. The Hallelujah is from... Football or baseball? But start. Go again. What? Hallelujah verse. Oh, it's John three sixteen. Hallelujah. Okay, it's the Tim Tebow verse. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was the Steve Austin verse. Wasn't he the original? That was the original, but he didn't make it like as popular as Tebow did. Well, because he didn't. He had Austin three sixteen instead of John three sixteen, right? I don't know. I never watched it. You weirdo. I didn't either. I just remember it being a thing. I bet he dressed up as a WWE wrestler for. He dressed up as Sting. What are you gonna dress? (laughs) (laughs) I dressed up dressed up as Captain Planet. Thank you very much. That's even worse. (laughs) What are you you going as for Halloween? Not. What should he be? I should be... Submit your tweet at us. <laughs> Do we have a tweet thing? No, we don't. Twitter thing? Uh, what's, text us, 785-672-9478, with what father should dress up as for Halloween. I think now that I don't have Kathy making me costumes to go around the school, I'm probably not going to dress up anymore. Ooh, ooh. He should dress up as the president who just had the really fat mutton chops. <laughs> Rutherford B. Hayes, maybe? I just wanted to say Rutherford B. Hayes. I am sorry and to everybody. Chops. <laughs> and mutton chops. So God is positive. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Let's go. Um, uh, wisdom. Let's t- Father, you wanted to talk about Jesus and God and wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God we're only doing one today. <laughs> this would have Smashing been transition. Anyway, so we talk about the paradoxes of the faith and how God is, you know, perfectly um, imminent with us and also vast and everywhere is perfectly simple. He's also perfectly complex and both ends a lot. And so today in our wisdom, it begins by speaking about how awesome God is. So it's really trying to dance around the idea of how God is completely other. And so especially this is, you know, thousands of years ago in our theology. So it talks about the first one I love, first line of our first reading is before the Lord, the whole universe is a grain from a balance or a drop of morning dew come down upon the earth. It just speaks out God is something completely and utterly different from us. And I think it's, it's a beautiful thing that we should make sure that we're spending time and praying with how magnificent God is. One of those things that I hear, and I don't know if you guys hear it from the youth. Um, the youths. Youths is that the question of like, why do I pray? How could God possibly care about the things that I care about when he's got stuff going on, you know, kids starving to death in Africa yeah. or, 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 you know, wars going on right now. I said, why do they care about the fact that I'm upset that my boyfriend dumped me or whatever? They're not. He's not. That's not true, Kyle. But this gets at that reality. This is why I'm a good youth minister. <laughs> oh, jeez. I'm glad I don't work with you anymore other than this. I'm just kidding. You're I such a liar. It. You I miss, miss me. Um, 
is that God is uh, is so big that He does care about all those things, and um, it continues to go on how He there. What does it say? For you love all things that are, and loathe nothing that you have made. And because God made it all, He loves all of it, including you. Um, so okay, so that's I. Uh, I have two thoughts, two question things. First one is the thought. The second one is a question. The first thought is the whole universe. It's cool that the writer of wisdom, however many thousands of years ago, was able to look at the night sky and say, I am so insignificant, and yet he loves, which I think is, you know, like now we can look mm-hmm. at photographs of galaxies, and, and but like some dude sitting in a field, I don't know why I feel, but I'm assuming he sat in a field and wrote this and was able to look at the night sky and see like how small he is, but how much he's loved. And then the second thing that you just mentioned was for you love all things that are and love nothing that you have made. Does that mean that even when you turn, I mean, I know this is true, but I wanted you to expand on it. So like the devil who turned his back on God, God still loves the devil, mm-hmm. even though the devil hates him. Yeah. Expand. Yeah. So God can't. So the whole reason God creates is to love and out of his love and his desire for communion and his love goes beyond sinfulness and so think for a second in our Eucharistic prayer, so the new translation of the third typical edition of the Roman Missal, so the thing that the priest says at Mass now, the new big red book, it says that the sacrifice is being offered for many, where before I think it used to say for all. Either that was a debate of how it should be translated. And some people were upset because, but it's offered for all, but not all are going to accept it. And so Jesus is up on the cross. He's dying for us. And think of his prayer. This is in my homily this last week. His prayer is, Father, forgive them if they know not what they do. He's offering mercy to all of them, but only some of them... Only many choose. Only yeah. some choose. Yeah, only some of them choose. Yeah. And we, we know of a couple of them who, obviously, the women are there, the soldier that's converted, the good thief that joins them. John is with them, but we assume that at least some of the other ones didn't get converted. Mm-hmm. And so they failed to receive it. Yet Jesus still died and still prayed. And so the same thing is true with Satan. God continues to will him into existence because he can't go back on his word, so to speak, to create him and to bring him into existence, even though Satan has rejected to receive the mm. good things from him. You kind of just touched on this today during your... Yeah, so we stuff, uh, right? we were talking with our eighth graders today about, you know, heaven, hell, death, and judgment, everything like that. And last week we were talking with some of our other confirmation kids just about, like, faith in general and how can God love everyone no matter what they've done. And I think the big struggle with a lot of people is that they can't love people like that, and so they can't imagine how God can. Like, they know, like, yeah, I mean, I understand that God does, but, like, I don't understand how he can. Like, how can he love us despite all of this? How can he hold us in existence despite all this? Because, like, we look at people of the past, like, you know, Hitler's obviously always a popular Mm -hmm. example, and say, well, like, I I hate Hitler, or I hate Osama Mm -hmm. bin Laden. And, you know, to be perfect as our Heavenly Father, we have to learn to love them and to to have mercy on them, uh, which is such a hard thing to do. And, you know, we were t- I was talking to one of the girls in uh, confirmation class, and she is uh, she's currently, like, agnostic, atheist, you know, kind of struggling with stuff and walking through confirmation class. And, you know, she regularly is asking, are you, are you saying that I'm going to hell? And I'm like, well, you know, I'm not saying you're going to hell. I'm saying that hell is a choice. And, like, if you're saying, I don't really care about God in my life, then you know, why would you go to heaven? And so, like, that's a discussion that she's trying to wrestle with of, like, does God love me? But, like, why would I go to hell then if I don't believe? And, like, you know, that real wrestling of, of God and what is he doing and how do we fit into all of this and how does his love come into our lives? Yeah, so random interruption because I saw somebody in black and was like, hey, they should come and say hi. 
So, Father Matt Nagel, you join us again. Yes, I do. <laughs> uh, though you might not have heard the first time. Yeah. Actually, it, you didn't because Kyle didn't. ruined it. <laughs> you did not, but I'm here now. So, this is for this Sunday, right? It is. This coming one, yep. All right. Awesome. Well. How are you, Father Matt? Um, pretty good, all things considered. We had our regional priest meeting today, and now I'm over here to bless some Bibles. So, I'm excited. I got terrified that I missed the meeting. I I forgot that I'm not in this region. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, we what? (laughs) Don't worry. We got some new beautiful Bibles for our eighth graders because they had those old, nasty, ugly red ones that fall apart. And I was like, I want some beautiful Bibles because I want these kids to start reading their Bibles. And if I had that red thing, I would probably not treat it with the reverence that it was due. And I brought out the big guns to bless it. So, actual, you know, Roman ritual, the blessings... So it is know. in fact a, a a book and not an actual gun. Point of oh, clarification. Yeah, point of clarif- I did not bring a gun to bless Bibles with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's, tied it's to not the book even I've a water gun. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe. Father Matt, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Yeah. All right, all right, get out of here. Yeah, Let's finish work. our podcast. We promise to bring yeah, him back to your show job. here very soon. <laughs> uh, so sorry about that, everybody. It's okay. I think midway through whatever thought I was having earlier, I got really off topic and I didn't know where I was going. So, Father, if you just want to pick up, yeah, I had a thought. Awesome, great, thank you. So, um, we are the worst podcasters <laughs> ever. We don't have to keep telling them that. We've already apologized a couple times on this one, and they're still listening. Yeah, that's the and they complimenting are, yeah, us. Yeah, they might be. They might be done after this. One. Yeah. <laughs> um. No, so I saw a study or a report or something um, a couple of years ago, and I've mentioned it in my Father's Day homilies the last two years, of there's a direct correlation to the way in which people view God into, as it relates to the way in which they view their father. Mm. Much more than anybody else, that the father has the largest impact on how they view God, and that makes sense in a lot of ways of, of things we've talked about. But so that they see their father, or if their father is a tyrant, you know, the beat you whenever you come in the door, yells at you if you get a 99% on a paper instead of 100%, you're going to see God as a tyrant. If your father is somebody that you can roll over and get to do whatever you want, then you're going to view God as the same way and any of the other attributes that you can come up with. Oh my gosh, that points to so many things in our culture. Yeah, that's why our culture... Like absentee fathers, Mm -hmm. absentee Mm -hmm. God, and oh my gosh. As the household goes, so goes the church, goes the world. Yeah. Um, Mm. So I actually did a 15-page uh, paper on the role of fathers and delinquents. Nerd. And within that, it was for school. Nerd. I, yeah, I had literally had to do it to graduate in youth ministry. Nerd. So I had to read like 10 studies on uh, fathers and delinquency, and I brought in religion as well to that factor. And what blew my mind is that if the father is a regular churchgoer and believer and like follows what they're supposed to do, the likelihood that the kids will stay involved in their faith is just over 80%. Whoa. But if it's flipped and it's just the mother, it goes down to almost 20%. Mm-hmm. Whoa. And so like, I those think we're seeing a little stats. bit of changes in this, those stats because there's been such a falling away in general. But I also think it's because fathers in general haven't owned the faith. Like even if they're going on Sundays, mm-hmm. like it's a very much like they put on their church coat and they go to, they go to mm-hmm. the mass on Sunday or to a service on Sunday. And then they get home, they take their, their coat off and they become a whole different person. Yep. And their kids see that. I think, Okay, so you kind of just mentioned this. I think there is a, a change going on in our culture where, like, I'm seeing it in teens, and maybe they're the exception than the rule, but I'm seeing it in teens sometimes where they are 
owning their faith in spite of their parents, like almost to spite their dad or their mom. Like they're like, no, this is something I believe in and I'm going to do it even if you don't want me to or even if it's, you don't fully support. It's something I guess historically is something that we see happen and now especially with the independence of the generations is very much our youth today are real and even to the young adults are realizing what their parents have is not making them happy. That they realize yeah. even if they don't accept marriage the way that the church says it is as a gift from God, they realize that four divorces and remarriages is not what anybody wants, even if you're an atheist. Yeah. You enter into mm-hmm. something for life. Yeah. Divorcing four times is not what you want. And so they're just realizing on a purely natural level that they're what we have before us now is not satisfying. Well, and, and like there's studies out right now that, you know, just this new the generation that's growing up right now, the high high schoolers and young twenties. That generation, no matter what belief you have or lack of belief you have, this is the most service-oriented generation that's ever been. Mm -hmm. Like, they are more willing to go and serve and serve the poor and those impoverished. And it has nothing to do with, not nothing to do, but for some some of those groups, it has nothing to do with their faith. Which is something you got to address because without, I mean, it's a good thing to do, period. But if you're not doing it, Rooted in faith, it's just, um, well, I can't think of the words I'm wanting to use. It's just a good thing. But it's not an expression of the faith. And so this is something that even our Catholic schools need to address to make sure that they're spending time. It could be as simple as just prayerfully considering it, just spending some time in prayer, Mm -hmm. 30 seconds before you do some activity, or then finding a time in religion class or popping into the chapel in whatever class or passing period thing that your school uses just to reflect on how you are loving Christ through taking care of the poor. Yeah. And I think we see that at the end of this first reading. Nice transition. Um, Thank you. Where they say, therefore, you know, rebuke <laughs> offenders little by little, warn them and remind them of the sins they are committing. And with each generation, we see a different set of th- sins or battles or struggles yes. that we're going through. And I think a lot of times we just want to impose our struggles and the sins of our generation on the next generation, mm. but they're their own people. And we need to recognize where they're, because in so many ways they're responding to our failures yeah. and they're coming up stronger in those areas. And then they're lacking where we've struggled. Yeah. And so then there becomes a, a, a taking of each other's hands and walking side by side uh, and to rebuke, Hey, like you're doing this really well, but let's, let's talk about this little thing. Well, I've noticed that myself even that, so my parents' generation grew up Baltimore catechism, right? Like, you know your catechism as a Catholic. Well, when I was growing up, like, that just was not my... my I was the exact opposite. I was more into the um, emotional side of the faith, maybe. But now I'm, like, now getting to walk with my dad in faith. Like, I'm learning, okay, there... That that wasn't all bad. It just it has to be a both and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. one. Yeah, we talk about that all the time, and we just did talk about that. So, Second uh, Thessalonians. Or yeah. You, okay. So no, I want this is gonna. I'm, I want to time together. Good. The Perfect. Things. So boom, look at that. Um, <laughs> and so all fathers, if there's a father listening to this, man up and do your job or do it better. And so with that, Paul is writing to the Thessalonians. Speaking of which, <laughs> he says, brothers and sisters. Because he's writing to a group of people, as we talked about a week or two ago. We always pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and powerfully bring to fulfillment every good purpose and every effort of faith. Um, And goes on, that Jesus may be glorified. Which is actually a part of the prayer of the ordination rite. That you may, um, it's it's worded differently, and if I wouldn't have just read this, I probably could have said it, but I can't now. But it's, the God will bring to fulfillment the good work he's begun in you. Mm. And so it's a reminder, too, that 
we don't have to be perfectly worthy when we begin our ministry. So to talk about the fathers or to talk about me as a priest or talk about you too as youth ministers and so on, whatever role we have, we are called to continue to grow. And all we have to do is take that first step, get whatever basic level of training we need to get started. I mean, my theological training should not stop now that I'm out of school. It needs to continue mm-hmm. for the rest of my life. Same with you guys. Mm-hmm. And we need to continue to let God work through us. And part of that's going to be in intellectual formation. So in seminary, there's four pillars. Spiritual, so prayer type stuff. Human, as I've said before, in short, not being a jerk. Just mm-hmm. being somebody people can talk to. Taking a shower is a part of human formation. Hey, and, don't look at me. Um, <laughs> I don't know why you looked at me. No comment. Uh, <laughs> intellectual, so learning stuff, and then pastoral, how you relate to people. And those apply to all aspects of life. You have to continue to develop in those, but also God bringing new insight into the work that you do. I view the way that I celebrate Mass very differently than I did the first week. Mm. And, um, just let that continue to evolve and let it be things that you take to prayer. Um, yeah. And to realize that you don't have to have it all figured out when you start. And I think the, the part of that that stands out to me the most is he says it in powerfully bring to fulfillment. Yes. And we were talking about that with the, the kids today and they were like, you know, they were talking about confirmation and there's with this class, it's really cool. There's like this big expectation that something's going to happen. Like something powerful is going to happen. And I go, well, something powerful is supposed to happen. But the problem is, is that you guys aren't prepared for it. So nothing happens or unintentionally you're actively working against it. And I think a lot of times in our lives, we have God wanting to bring the fulfillment of these good purposes and these good efforts. And we're mm-hmm. subverting his actions, mm-hmm. and we need to be aware of, of what he's doing and taking time to be with him, uh, and we need to be praying for one another that these barriers would be removed in our lives so that these works can come to fulfillment for God, God's glory. Yeah. Okay, I need someone to explain the second half of this reading. In regard to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and our assembling with him, don't be shaking out your minds, alarmed, yada, yada. What is, is he like, What what is he... What is he trying to warn them of, maybe? I, I can't figure this one out. Uh, is he warning them, like, don't be afraid of Jesus? He's warning them, don't be afraid of the end of the world. Like, don't be afraid when people uh, start saying, the day of the Lord is at hand. Like, there's going to be people, and, and Jesus uh, says it himself, that like there's all these times where Jesus says, like, the, end of the, the beginning of the end has begun yeah. as soon as Jesus died. Yeah. Unfortunately, a thousand years is like a day with the Lord and a day yeah. like a thousand years. So we're sitting here wondering, like, well, it's never going to come. You know, but we as we hear like revelations and private statements and, you know, oral statements, letters, spirits, whatever, like we can get into a spirit of alarm, uh, being alarmed or shaken out of our minds and start to do things that we're not supposed to do because we're expecting the Lord to come. Mm. And we need to stay faithful to what we've been given and continue in the purpose that we've begun so that those good works in the in the first half can be completed. That kind of point reminds me of. So I have a teen right now that's reading St. Faustina's diary which is beautiful that she's reading it, but I don't think spiritually she's mature enough to be reading it because now she's like um, super scared almost. I don't know if that's mm. the... Does, does that make sense? Like, did just St. Faustina talks... I mean, some, some of the things St. Faustina talked about, she like she saw ahead of, ahead of her time, and now my teen is like reading this and not... I don't think she's... It's, it's this. Like, she's just... She's wait, ready for the Lord... <laughs> to come, but she's not spiritually mature enough to be reading this mm-hmm. book that talks about the end of time sometimes, yeah. or this diary. Yeah, and you have to realize that, yeah, there are some things. So, um, I can't think of which book it's in. i got two things I want to talk about. But I think it's Paul talks about how I fed you baby food at the beginning, and mm-hmm. then I slowly mm-hmm. fed you meat. I forget yeah. the exact analogy, but it goes from baby food to substantial food, because there are times where you're ready for it, and you don't talk about the faith with somebody that's 
four years old the same way you do somebody who's in high school, the same way yeah. you do as an adult, and somebody who's 90 and getting ready to die. Yeah. Um, we're all in a different place, and it's to take those messages and make sure that we are working through them with somebody else that can filter them into a way that is appropriate for us. Um, just somebody in high school still thinks that they're invulnerable and they're never going to die. Even if they know they're going to die, yeah. they don't know that they're ever going to yeah. die. Just, I mean, it's a whole different way of viewing the world. They don't wake up sore. Yeah. <laughs> After doing nothing. Amen. <laughs> or Slept on a an soft- air mattress one night this weekend. My body is still wrecked. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I played a softball game. I couldn't move for three days. <laughs> I'm only 33. <laughs> I'm not even that old. Uh, um, but sorry. Um, oh, something else Paul talks about here is he says, um, by a letter allegedly from us, so don't also be knocked off by somebody else trying to pretend that it's all. It's what, uh, Paul Sylvanius and... Uh, Timothy. Timothy. Uh, who we just ended up hearing his letter to Timothy. Um, finished that up last week. But he's other people are going to pretend this, and so he's going to say, and he said something else elsewhere, um, if I preach something else other than this, don't listen to that. What I'm telling you right now is the truth. Is that the message will get bogged down. And so to go back to what you said Ooh. earlier, the message that the generation that I think we got and then a few years ahead of us, half a generation ahead of us, got was hippie Jesus, mm-hmm. um, which he's hanging around in a different form now. But it's just, you don't have to know the teachings. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Just love Jesus. You'll be okay. No. Yeah. It's a bunch of crap that is not the gospel at all. That yeah. is not in line with anything that Jesus said. Stinky, gospel. stinky poop. And so I think that's part of what Paul's talking about, too. He said, don't give me stinky poop. I don't want stinky poop. You don't want it. You might pretend you want it. You don't want it. <laughs> and it's it's crazy because, like, when and you're... I'm the immature one. <laughs> I just want that to be a reference. You laughed. I did, but out of, like, shame. And I said... <laughs> oh, I just said it again to stall because you weren't going to be able to talk for a second. Yeah, that's true. Okay, sorry. And, and I think that, you know, with all this stuff, it's so important, like Father was saying, to have someone who's interpreting these things. Like, I know the parts of St. Faustina that he's talking about in the diary and everything like that. And, you know, it talks about the doors of mercy being opened and everything like that. And, like, you can hear that and be like, oh, my gosh, the doors of mercy are going to yeah. come and there's going to be justice and blah and everything like that. But, like, when we actually look at the church fathers and everything like that, like, when this supposed time comes, if it is now, it's actually brings about a new springtime in the church and a great period of growth yeah. and peace for the church. So it's not a, a terrible thing. It's actually like, oh, well, that would be awesome to experience. Yeah. So I'll find a way to tie this into the gospel. Okay. So I was riding my motorcycle a lot, as I said, which means that there's time for awesome thoughts to come to your head as you're riding the motorcycle um, and looking at God's creation because it was beautiful. And so I had this thought of um, just a priest in general. I mean, I was putting myself in there, but it could be any priest or specifically a bishop is what we would need to continue to do this. of Just standing before, you know, the government because persecution's coming and we're yeah. it's going to get worse before it gets better. And that's only becoming more evident every single day. Um, the passes, but of just standing there saying, you know, the blood of the martyrs is the seedbed of the church. The more that you persecute us, the more that you come after us, the stronger we will grow. We mm-hmm. might lose some people. We might become smaller for a while, but we will do nothing mm-hmm. but become stronger. And despite however many governments or regimes or ideologies have come after us and attempted to take us over, they're all gone and we're yeah. not. And yeah. I forget what you said that made me think of that. Um, but End of the time. End of the world. In, uh, church growth. That could have been that. New know. springtime. All but right, let's go ahead. I was going to make the tie-in. Okay, go. Tie it in. So Zagius talks about. <laughs> 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 
What a beautiful tie-in. So Zacchaeus. So Zacchaeus. He's a wee little man. Well, <laughs> wee I little think man. The, the tie-in is that Zacchaeus is short in stature, and so he can't see and has to go up into the tree. And a lot of times in our lives, we get caught up in what's going on, and we can't see Jesus because we're short in stature, <laughs> obviously. Not, it sounded better in my head. <laughs> Right. My thing was going to be that he gives everything up. He says, behold, half of my possessions, Lord, I shall give to the poor. He doesn't care about the fact that he's got a bunch of money. He wants to love Jesus and love the poor. I remember. Okay, so if we stand on the truth of the church and on the shoulders of the saints who have come before us, which is the then tree? we can see clearly, that which is, is the tree. Okay. Way more beautiful than what... And that's an actual quote from a saint, I feel like, or someone famous. Just because you said it and you want to be a saint No, I I put it in a paper. It's from someone that do we stand on the, sh- the shoulders of the saints who have come before us. Yeah. I've heard that before. There's something along those lines, yeah. Okay, let's start. Uh, okay, so Gospel is from Luke, and it's about Zacchaeus, and he's a sh- wee little man, yeah, and he climbs sure. a tree. Uh-huh. Um, should we give any background on Zacchaeus? Because I have something to say about what he gave away. I know nothing about his background. Other than he was a chief tax collector and a wealthy man. Which means man. he was crazy wealthy yeah. and crazy hated. It's like, to be the chief tax collector means he's the head honcho of all the other hated people. He was like Matthew's boss. Yeah. Like, he... So not only did he skim off the top of when he was collecting taxes, but then he took from some from all the other tax collectors that were under him. So he was, like, crazy wealthy and crazy hated. And then for him to go into the crowd, it, he couldn't see. So bah, the crowd hated him so much that they would not let him get to the front of the crowd, which that says something about how much they hated him. Because he was a tax collector, they, most people would have feared tax collectors enough to let them go to the front of the crowd. But they hated him so much they didn't even let him through. So that's why he ended up having to climb, climb the sycamore tree. I never heard that. Is that really a thing? Yeah. Promise. Oh. Promise. Promise. Cool. I thought you said yeah. Thomas. I was like, well, if he said it, but oh. I'm just promise. No, promise. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so somebody else talk, and then I'm going to continue talking. Okay, or so I got all more that things. stuff, and then my eyes just went to Zacchaeus. Come down quickly. Yep. So Jesus says, I'm going to come to your house. Which is a big deal. It is, but Jesus was originally just going to go through. He says originally he intended uh, to pass through the town. He wasn't going to stay there until Zacchaeus makes this gesture towards him. And so that's something I've been talking about a lot with receiving the Lord's mercy, all we have to do is make the gesture towards him mm. and God will come to us. Yeah. Um, and, and, so and, and not in a, uh, the gesture doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be climbing up a tree. It's, no, it's just, just, it's the state of heart. It's the, yeah, it's just anything yeah. like the prodigal son. He comes back to his father, but his father runs out to meet him and all the son has to do is start his apology. He doesn't even finish his apology. He doesn't even apologize. Yeah. finish it. And the father says, you're forgiven. Or like the Eucharist. I love about this this morning, giving out communion. Is it's cool because the priest comes down out of the sanctuary, and then any other extraordinary ministers or ordinary ministers mm-hmm. come down, and you make the he makes a gesture first, and then you make the gesture back towards him. It's reciprocal, mm. um, to, in order to receive him, and it's the same thing here. He makes this gesture, and Jesus says, "Okay, I'm going to come hang out with you," and which was would have been completely something you didn't do. You, you never would have done this. You, what Jesus did in his house also implies he's probably going to eat a meal, and you never shared a meal with somebody who was not family. To share a meal mm-hmm. brought you into the family, and that would have made Jesus a very bad dude in the eyes of all the Jewish leaders. And the other tax collectors. Oh, yeah. yeah right? Like, like Jesus is teaching all this stuff, and then Zacchaeus giving away half his possessions plus some. That, that is telling the other tax collectors, 
that Zacchaeus, who is the head of all the tax collectors, then should be because he's brought into that fold, that family fold mm-hmm. of tax collectors. He should be doing. They should be doing the same thing. Yeah. I keep reading this, wondering who Jesus would go to stay with in my life. That it would make me mad that he was going to stay with them. It's like Jonah and the whale. I've been praying about Jonah and the whale recently. Same thing, right? Like Jonah gets mad at God for doing what Jonah was supposed to go do, mm-hmm. which is go convert whatever that town was, Nineveh. Mm-hmm. Nineveh. Mm-hmm. Is yeah, that right? correct. Look Pronounced the... correctly and everything. Yeah. Oh my, he's having a conversion of his brain. <laughs> um, but yeah, like what person would ch- have such a dramatic change of heart or just a, even a small change of heart that would lead you to resent Jesus? Mm-hmm. And I think what scares me is not that it's hard to think of someone, but how quickly so many people come to mind. And just like, wow, mm, that is not good. The other thing to think on that one is um, it's, it's maybe, maybe it's not that they come to Jesus, but maybe it's that they uh, receive good fortune through God. You know what I mean? Um, what are you doing, man? Oh, he's getting up and walking around. Um, but like if someone receives good fortune, are you... So I'm just going to use your youth ministry and our youth ministry at mm-hmm. Prince Peace. If your youth ministry starts doing better than our youth ministry, and like you just exceed, that implies that you're doing better. That's a little arrogant. oh, that they was definitely super are. Arrogant. That I was will. Super arrogant. I would have said it if he didn't. <laughs> that was super arrogant. I apologize. No, something? none, none at all. That's something that. that I have honored you for already. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Rebuke offenders and little by little. It's from <laughs> wisdom. I'm just doing what the Bible tells me to do. Okay, so let's hypothetically say my youth ministry is doing better than Kevin's youth ministry. And I don't even know how you judge that, but let's just hypothetically say. But then yours starts doing better than mine in whatever category we do. Then if I resent you for that, that's the same thing that would be felt right here, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, that's just crazy to think about. Yeah, and I I think it's super common when we look at, you know, people's lives and the good fortunes that are happening in them. Mm-hmm. Like, even if we're happy for them, it's so easy to be jealous and envious of what's yes. going on in their life. You're like, I'm so happy for what's going on in your program, but uh, why but I, do yeah. you get all the good things? Yeah, yes, exactly. Like, throw some bones my way, exactly. Jesus. Yeah, yes, exactly. Uh, okay, so I wanted to get to something. So Zacchaeus stood there. Okay, so... Uh, Zacchaeus, uh, but Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Behold, half my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have stolen anything from anyone, I will pay, repay them four times over. So I read somewhere that the common thing to do if you stole to, to be counted even was to repay double. So to repay four times over was like a, that's, that's saying a whole bunch. And then um, to give half your, his possessions to the poor. Like by the end of this, Zacchaeus is, he's desolate. Mathematically, I don't know how this is possible. <laughs> like, I keep looking at this thing and like, this is how can you give four times more than what you've already taken? <laughs> what, what kind of interest rates are you getting? Some scholars say that it's because he's not a thief, that he was one of the tax collectors who lived the way he was supposed to. Oh. And so, behold, um, half my possessions, Lord, I'll give to the poor. And if I've exhorted anybody, I'll give them four times. So, you wouldn't say that because otherwise, all of his money comes from the people. Oh, I didn't think about that. And so I don't know that there's any proof for it other than that's speculative. That F, that if, not the F, F yeah. the if. The if. Mm. Ooh, that's a good point. So he may have been living the way that he's supposed to, which might also be um, 
So Jesus may not be coming just for the sake of his conversion, but for the sake of the people of saying, I'm out for everybody, because he goes on to say that I came to seek and to save what was lost. Although that, I've also seen that argue against the fact that, why would Jesus say that if? If he had not, yeah. And it could just be that he's in, you know, he could be in, I don't know. The example came to my mind doesn't work. Um, well, the the line in there right before that one today, salvation has come to this house because this man too is a descendant of Abraham. Like mm-hmm. he brings them into the Jewish yep. culture. He in that moment he brings them into the Jewish household, which is a big deal because at that time the Jewish people thought they were the only ones mm-hmm. worthy of salvation. Only because they chosen. weren't doing what they were supposed to do. Yep. That's another thing. Yeah. Anyway, that's a fun. I love this story. It is a good one. It's a great one. I'm looking forward to preaching on it. I wonder if I can use it in my teaching on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely you can. Yeah, but I'm talking about... Nah, it doesn't matter. You can find a way. Okay. You can I do mean, it. I connected whatever I was saying before to it. Barely. <laughs> Barely. I didn't say it was a good So transition. Zacchaeus is not a transition. It is a statement. <laughs> <laughs> That's because you cut me off before I made my statement to follow up with that because statement. Because the transition was so bad. That <laughs> <laughs> was something about Zacchaeus being a good guy. Anyway, I wanted to say something. So I've been looking this whole time because we're done, right? Are there any other points? No, we're done. We're, it's done. Been, we're over. Mercifully. So mercifully, <laughs> the important stuff is finished. We can get back to rambling. No, I've been looking this whole time at this poster of Father Scott Wallace laying down on some church's mm-hmm. sanctuary. I forget where he got, uh, where he got ordained. He's alone. He's probably the cathedral. I don't know if it's cathedral floor or not. And so he's laying down. He puts out this poster. He's a vocation director. He thinks he's so holy. And he is. <laughs> Father Scott is super awesome. And he's filling in for me on New Year's Eve and day because I'm going to be on vacation. Um, so if there's any dudes out there who are single and considering the priesthood, uh, even just barely, email Father Scott at vocation at archkck.org. And if you're in the Johnson County area, there's the vocations fair tomorrow night at Church of the Ascension from, from 5 to 8. 5 to 8. And you can check out all sorts of different vocations. Over 100 orders. Yeah, I of men and count. women, so girls as well, if you're interested. That's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, what else? Do we need anything else? Because we're going on 45 minutes oh, now. Oh, no. Lord have mercy. I'm sorry, people. I'm so sorry. You've started <laughs> two minutes. No, I start class at 430. Oh, I thought it was 4.15. Kids would be in here if we started in two oh, yeah. minutes. Uh, well, everybody, we really appreciate you tuning in, and we're going to have more podcasts out coming up. We're very excited about everything. Feel free to send Father Adam some pie. He really likes apple pie, right? Oh, I'm so much fatter than when I got down there. That's not good. I'm getting. Oh, so feet. you don't want my wife to make you pie? I now? want your wife's apple pie, but just <laughs> if you put the plate out there, that I might picture get too many. that she that you sent out that was just rude. I can't and eat other apple it. pie because her pie is so luscious. It is delicious. <laughs> she made it. It was awesome. I try and find words that make Kyle giggle. We start a text conversation to figure out our next meeting, and Kevin just sends a picture of his wife making a pie. And it takes us a week to get back on track. (laughs) That was two weeks ago we started that conversation. She good. She good. finished it yesterday. So is your wife listening? Does she ever listen to this? Yes. I want a pie just from you. I can't afford more pies than that in my life, or I will get super fat. (laughs) More super fat. What if you just bring it to the next time we meet? That's the plan. As we... That's the record. I'm sorry to everybody in advance for the sloppery. I'm just excited to see it in your beard. I won't trim my I won't trim my mustache good. between now and then. Good, good. We're recording Monday. That's yeah. a week. Yeah. They'll be super long. It'll catch them. That way I'll also taste it. <laughs> you won't even be able to see his mouth. It'll just open. <laughs> Please Guys, thank end you. this. <laughs> thank you for listening, everybody. We really appreciate it. Have a great week. God bless. Peace.
home music on this podcast is written and played by Mikey Nader. Mikey is a diehard supporter of the Ramblings and the Catholic Church. If you are interested in having him play at your parish or church, go to mnband.com.